0: Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs Podcast, presented by Paul's bet Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and Ryan Herrera with you, and two special guests to start off the podcast on this Tuesday afternoon: Adam Sobel, director producer from Cubs Productions, and Mike Welsh from Sky Candy Studios. You're asking, who are they, and why are they related to this Cubs podcast? Well, I'll tell you why, because they are two of the guys mostly responsible for that unbelievable drone video that the Cubs put together that you saw at the end of the season. Uh, Adam, Mike, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you guys jumping on with us.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us,
0: us, Luke. So I guess my first question is, first of all, I watched it. I've been, I was in television television for 25 years. I've been a cameraman. I've never flown a drone, but I've done lots of editing. I watched it and my mind was blown, first of all. Like that's one of the coolest videos I've seen. So kudos to you for that. How did the idea, first of all, come about for putting that together? Because I know it's not just, we'll get into the details. It's not just one shot, obviously. But how did the details of like, let's try this come about?
1: Yeah. First of all, Luke, how do you know it's not one shot? How do you know? How dare well, I, you throw I have guesses already for, for people? Um, I have guesses for two
0: edit points. I'll tell you later. But I mean, it it doesn't matter. I don't you get hurt. them right. It was a thousand edits
1: it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So the uh, the projects came about um, through Cups Productions. Uh, you know, this was an idea that uh, our executive producer Mido uh, had initially. I actually think the genesis for the idea, though, came from something that Mike and his company had done earlier. There were these drone fly throughs that a lot of people have seen. Um, there was one amazing one on HBO Hard Knocks of the, of the Cowboys facility, and uh, Mike was responsible for that. And so, like, you know, we had been talking about what we could do this season. Um, this was, you know, way back in maybe February before the season began. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea of, of doing some sort of fly through came up and uh, Matt got in touch with Mike and we kind of took it from there. And I got extremely excited about the idea of working with Mike because, um, you know, beyond like the the cool things that he's done in sports, he made this uh, drone in the pandemic that I had seen that went kind of viral. It was this, uh, uh this bowling alley in Minneapolis, right? And it was just like this amazing one take um that got picked up by like the new york times it got picked up on all, all the you know all the outlets and when i watched it i was like this is so cinematic and so cool um and so that's that's part of uh part of what excited me about working on it with him
0: well i know uh my buddy joe rios is over there and he was a big part of this too i mean you guys did an amazing job but i know the first time most people saw it thought oh it's a drone video and then it flies through the fire truck behind wrigley field (laughs) everybody's just kind of there's like a gasp from anybody i've shown it's like (gasps) (gasps) how did you get it through the fire truck without crashing the drone
2: (laughs) yeah so surprisingly that's not that hard of a gap because the drone is so small i mean the Uh drone's about a foot by a foot um Hmm. and You've probably heard about these style of drones or the fpv ones where you wear the goggles um so you actually feel the, you basically feel like you are the drone when you're flying so you're able to accomplish those more difficult shots you know flying through uh oh yeah pull it up uh you know flying through a window um we definitely crashed inside the truck once so it's not like an easy <laughs> shot but uh, uh we got a cool behind the scenes video of that with the fire guys uh you know waving at the, at the drone Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it was just awesome that they were down to, to be a part of the video. Like they were so helpful and, uh, did everything we asked them to do and, uh, they were just good sports all the way through. Yeah.
3: Yeah. My, my question is how did like, how did everyone react to see, like, how did you get like all these people in Murphy's on the street at Wrigley and just like, how did you let them know, Hey, there's a drone that's going to fly right past your face. Just don't, don't be alarmed.
1: Ah, right through the window. Um, it was uh, um, you know I think how do we say it? it's like a lot of those people are planted, right A lot of those people are um, people who we work with or friends who we called in for the day um, and said hey could you could you be involved in this? Um, and then uh a lot of those people aren't. And the people who aren't, I would just say, like, you know, we have really loud friends who would just like broadcast it before every take, like, drone coming through. Come on, guys, like just uh, everybody know we got the drone coming through, don't look at it. <laughs> um, and so it's just a lot of like running up and down the street, um, running in and out of Murphys, letting people know this is happening. Um, Joe Rios says, you know, Luke, you, you like Joe Rios was the producer on this, and he was like you know, Mr. Hustle, I would say. Uh, Definitely letting a lot of people know that that this was going on. Um, And then we got some happy accidents. Like even when we flew through um, Gallagher Way there, you know, maybe it wasn't by accident, but we realized like, oh, we're going to have this band playing. They can shout it over the, you know, in between songs, we'll just let, they'll just let everybody know that this is happening. And then actually when they're playing music, they're distracting everybody from the fact that there's a drone coming through, right? So like everybody's listening to the music and they can't even hear the drone coming. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of uh, coordination, some luck, uh, a lot of a lot of takes, a few crashes and uh, yeah, good fun.
2: And like after after like the third time you fly it through Murphy's, people are kind of bored with it. The first couple (laughs) of times you got frat boys flicking it off and, you know, you've got you're going to have some unusable takes. But the third time, it's kind of like, okay, we've seen that like we're good. Um, So that's the key is just run it more than three times and you'll get a good take.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, So the technical questions, the one guess on the dissolve first dissolve, or maybe second dissolve, is it when it goes through the scoreboard and you get the white light coming through from Wrigley field? Is that, is that an edit point there? Can you, can you tell us where the edit points
1: are? Well, I can tell you that, um, that is not an edit point and yet it's a fantastic guess. And it's kind of like Mike was a little, you were, he was a little upset actually during the shoot. Cause, uh, I was like, you know, that's a perfect spot for an edit. If we need to add one, if we're like the, the start, you know, like the first half of this take, but we're not in love with the second half, we can always swap it out there. And I was like, look it like, even like we're blowing out there. And so Mike was like, no, but it's not an edit. I don't want people thinking it's an edit. That's going to. And so it's uh it's actually not an edit, but okay. it almost should be. <laughs> so it would be like the perfect spot for an edit, but it's not one.
0: Unbelievable. Um, Gosh, I I have so many questions. So like when you're, I assume it's being shot at like, are are you shooting it at full speed? I don't understand how the drone is going so fast. And yet the people, it it must be at regular speed because the people are walking at regular speed. But I I thought to myself, well, there's no way they're flying a drone that fast because they'd be crashing it all over the place. (laughs) Is it regular speed? Did you, did you mess with the speed somehow?
2: it's it's mostly regular speed i there's some areas where we wanted to get through it a little quicker and i think we bumped it up to 110 maybe 115 but i would say 80 percent is real time um yeah so it's um and it yeah i mean the drone flies pretty pretty fast it's uh you know you can get up to 35 miles an hour with this drone um but like i said before what's nice about it is it's so small and it actually weighs under 250 grams. So it's like, it's almost like nothing. It's, it's, if you felt it, you'd be like, this is an absolute toy. Um, so it's pretty <laughs> incredible when you actually see the drone flying around.
3: It's like you're flying a feather yeah. or something. i like, it's just, <laughs> it's just letting it go. It's
2: a kite. I
3: was Are amazed, like, when the know? drone showed up,
1: we were talking about flying through the window and, like, yeah, no, I've never shot with this type of drone before. And so, um, it, like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I've eaten slices of pizza bigger than this drone you know like they're like this drone is not that big and so when you look at it, you're like oh that's that's what we're dealing with here yeah we really can go like in and out of really tight spaces and we really can um you know kind of buzz very close to people as well because it's padded and it's super light like mike said so it's not going to do any sort of you know damage
2: and that's that's kind of like the game changer with these drones is they're so safe. Uh, you're able to fly incredibly close to people. So we've been able, like we flew this drone like a foot away from like Rihanna's head. And these lawyers are starting to sign off because they look at it and they're like, oh, this actually is an incredibly, like there's no risk here. Um, and so that's, it's making these type of productions possible where, um, you know, before, if you don't have those prop guards and you could cut someone, it's like definitely not worth, you know, trying to do a shoot like this. But now that the safety has been bumped up, we can do it.
3: How how did you pick the day? Obviously, like it was, it's a one twenty star Cubs you know, at Wrigley Field. But it's like you could have you could have ran into rain. It could have been like crazy. Wind, it could have been no one there. Like how did you how did you come up with the right day to do it?
1: Yeah, that was a tough. Uh, so we we did actually we, we gave ourselves a three day window. Uh, so we had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We 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 picked a weekend series. Uh, we did this uh, during the Mets series because we knew you know that's like. It's it's a marquee matchup, right? You're going to have a pretty packed house, generally. Um, and we had really bad weather on Friday. We had, like, terrible rain, foggy conditions. Saturday, when we shot most of the shots that end up in the uh, in the final piece, like, the conditions are pretty foggy. It's overcast. It was not a beautiful day to fly the drone. It was windy, too. And then Sunday was even worse. Um, so, to be honest, like, we did not really – uh, yeah, we, we weren't feeling great about things on the day of the shoot because we're like, Oh, this is not, you know, the perfect, uh, sunshine and fresh air Wrigley field that you want to see. Um, but I think that's even more of a testament to like the final, the final product that people don't seem to be noticing that they just seem to be kind of keyed in on, on, on how cool it is. And, uh, you know, even like how emotional it is for some people. So, uh, so that, 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 that part's great for us.
4: That was what and I would say. The one time, the one thing that I wish that it would have been was there was more sun because I just feel like that would have made it even better. But hey, you st- I mean, it was it, it's an incredible video.
0: It really <laughs> is. Uh, the Dingers podcast on the YouTube feed saying beautiful video, uh, most scenic views in all of baseball. Thank you, Michael, for bringing the beautiful sights and sounds of Wrigley of a Friday one twenty. I think most Cubs fans, you know, I, I think I've seen every view of Wrigley field that there is possible every closet uh, the scoreboard all of it like but I've never seen Wrigley field or Wrigleyville that way in what looks like and feels like one shot I mean I just can't get over it now there's no way baseball let you guys onto the field with the drone am i am i wrong about that like I I can't imagine that major league baseball was like yeah fly a drone over our park how did how did you get, say, a running out of the dugout from what looks like, again, one shot, like you're coming up the hallway and it times to him running out onto the field. How did that happen?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's like, uh, you know, uh, the, the spoiltest amazing drone video that it is not all drone. It's not all shot with the drone. Wow. So we actually, you know, had planned to shoot the whole thing with the drone. We, can't, we had sign off from everybody. We were going to fly the drone out and then uh, a few days before the shoot, it was like, oh, wait a minute, you know, somebody changed their mind We're like, no, we, we're not flying a drone out on, on the field. That's a bad idea. And so we had to then uh, quickly find a different solution. So actually there's two shots in the, uh, in the finished piece that are not on drone. There, it's a small gimbal camera. Um, for the final shot, uh, uh, Michael actually it's, it, I love it because it was like, um, one of the parts of the deal, I guess, that we had with, with Michael's company is like they were going to get a suite at the game. And so on Sunday, Michael's at the game, going to like in, take it in with a bunch of friends uh, after we had finished shooting. Um, but we had to get this last shot with Saya because we got it on Saturday and we were happy with it. But we wanted to try uh, wanted to tweak it a little bit. And so Michael was like, oh, man, I'm going go to the, you know, uh, go to the suite, kind of get ready. And then I'll come back for uh, just before first pitch. And I'll do this last shot where we run out of the field. And it's like a long, it's a long run, you know, people underestimate how long that run is from the dugout to right field and say, you know, is like a world-class athlete, right? Um, so he's not, he's not, he's not going to loaf out there. Uh, he's got the fans there cheering him on. And Mike had been like, we've been shooting all day. That was like a one hour break where Mike's like, I'm gonna have a hot dog, I'm gonna have a beer, you know? And then gonna run, you know, three hundred feet to uh chasing Saeya Suzuki with this gimbal camera. And you know, you did an amazing job, but I don't think it was like nearly as uh uh easy as probably um we would have liked it to be or you would have you thought it would be initially.
2: Yeah, everyone was saying it looked like I was working really hard to keep up with someone who was barely jogging. And that's, that's exactly that's exactly what it was. I was completely out of breath. And I was most nervous for that shot, because I was like, what if I trip up the stairs? Or like, I don't know. It was just timing it out was was a little scary. But uh, it, it turned out pretty good. Yeah, you oh, did great, the considering
4: uh, how hard it is.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: it yeah I mean, did amazing
2: drum. Up and down, huffing yeah. and puffing. <laughs> Well, and when you run with a gimbal, obviously you want to keep it as smooth as possible. So you get this like kind of a weird run. Um, I got some behind the scenes video of it. I looked absolutely ridiculous, but um, you know, any, <laughs> anything for the shot. Yeah.
3: So obviously right. that drop, you know, during the last home stand, I think it was that Saturday. What was the feeling like kind of leading up to that, knowing like you guys put the finishing touches on it, it's ready to go. And then the feeling afterwards of seeing the reaction from, you know, Cubs fans or Twitter, or whoever it was
1: um yeah just uh, to say personally like it was um it was exciting it was a relief in some ways to be releasing it because we were kind of um i would say putting the finishing touches on it for a while so you know we were we were uh we were waiting with uh great anticipation to get it out there and then um you know i thought it was i thought it was really good and i uh have felt that about other things that have made and you 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 have a good feeling but you're just not positive that you know you don't know how how it's going to be received um and i would say you know expectations like it's done it's done awesomely well um and it's it's amazing just to read uh people's feedback about you know yeah there's like a lot of people who are just impressed by the cool factor which is awesome that's what you know that, that that's what we're going for but um then there are a lot of people who are you know touched by how we've showed off the neighborhood or because they feel like it's kind of captured um, their experience of going to, to the ballpark, right? And so um, th- those, uh, yes, yeah, so that I think elevates it for me and uh, just makes
0: it special. I mean, awesome, awesome job, guys. I, I literally can't say that enough. Like, it's, it's one of the coolest sports videos I've ever seen. And to do it of Wrigley Field, um, hats off, job well done. And uh, I look forward to the sequel when you guys do it at the next Cubs world series game in a couple of years. That's <laughs> one and and Mike, I uh, no hot dogs before you shoot that one. I want you to be ready to go for that one.
1: That's right. No, Mike, coffee. Mike's proven good. he can do it with a hot dog or two. Like, <laughs> he's good to go. He's always. And good. a beer. And,
0: and a, a beer. beer.
4: Built different. Yeah. I like it.
0: All, All right, right. Thanks and guys. The- we don't want to take up too much of your time, but we really appreciate it. Again, sky candy studios. Uh, Mike Welsh the cinematographer and Adam Sobel Joe Rios and all the guys over at Cubs Productions uh, directors producers everybody involved literally that's that's as good as it gets job well done yeah thanks
1: very thanks much, guys
0: thanks for having us. Yeah, great yeah. job guys, thanks thanks for coming out. You guys. Uh, Green Ridge thanks. Farm a local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option makers of all-natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks Perfect for tailgating, happy hours, school lunches, maybe before you head to Wrigley Field. All natural meat sticks are handmade and hand sm- I'm sorry, hardwood smoked for eight hours. I can't read my own writing on that one. Um, <laughs> they're all natural and they have 16 grams of protein per stick. They're made absolutely perfect and they make a great post-workout snack. Uh, meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, Jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. All natural. They deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. Refrigeration section, you can find them at Costco, Sam's Club, your Chicagoland grocery stores. And right now, when you order three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your basket. They'll be free when you use the code CHGO at checkout. That's Green Ridge Farm. Simply natural meat.
4: Uh Luke, remember yes. remember when uh Cardinal fans got to go to the playoff game for a buck? I do. And yeah, they well,
0: have, what, what's the record now? They played they played two games in October.
4: Yeah, two games in October. How many did the Cubs have? Uh the Cubs have three wins in October, and oh. the Cardinals have two. Mm. Uh interesting. Facts. <laughs> FAX, <laughs> these are facts, but you know. <laughs> cardinal fans and and even you know if you if you're like me and you're just you know really ruthless and you wanted to do a a good hate watch in person, you could have gone to the the Cardinals Phillies game one for a dollar on because of game time yeah and and that's wow. one of the reasons why I love game time because if you really hate something that much and you want to watch something fail in person that much man game time really sets you up guys it really it really did one dollar for one whole dollar. <laughs> Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows ever dreamed of sitting in a seat. You never thought you could 50 yard line court side behind home plate floor, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats. You thought you never could, you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on bears, tickets, Blackhawks bulls. I mean,
0: Harry Styles,
4: Harry Styles. Yeah,
0: went
3: to yeah,
4: my girlfriend got went to went to Harry Styles last night somehow, some way. I don't know how she did it, but on she did time. it. It was mainly because of game time. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, created by the fans for the fans <laughs> guarantees the lowest price. If You love CHO. You'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description here on YouTube. Or if you're listening via podcast, it's in the description as well. Uh join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite
3: events. Yeah, I had a game time a couple weeks back. Go to the Bears game. Mm. Great time, great seats. Mm. Bought them like we were at the we were at our CHGO tailgate, you know, a few blocks away. Bought them right there mm-hmm. for like 100 bucks a hundred bucks piece. It's like it was, it was I went it's cheap.
4: Yeah. I, I went and watched the barn burner that was Illinois, Iowa, the nine to six victory. Uh because of game time. I mean, just I got to watch the 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 grit that is the that is Big Ten football like (laughs) like like a few rows off the ground like it was it was a perfect seats Uh, I think I tweeted a picture out where I was sitting it was all because of game time guys it was just just perfect it was a great time
0: we should ask uh, Mike Welsh if he'd do a drone video of us on set next time just kind of fly through (laughs) the set through through the the alley outside the office, then maybe where the yeah. Jimmy John's guy comes into the office, and then through Jake's office. Oh, yeah. That'd really I, uh, be a quick video, but
4: I love <laughs> how they, how, I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh, when Ryan asked them about, um, you know, how it made, like the feedback, how it made them feel and everything, yeah. and how he said something related to the lines of, like, how it made a fan it reminded a fan of their their fan experience and like mm-hmm. that's how i felt like because it starts at murphy's and i go to murphy's before like every game basically and then you go around the ballpark and you know you get to see all side, and it's just like that's that's the feeling it gave me when i watched it for the first that's time for cody yeah
0: yeah, yeah but it's really. beyond it's even beyond that because it's like it takes you in the scoreboard like how many people get yeah. to go in the scoreboard it takes you into the clubhouse it takes you through the weight room and you follow say it like there's so many places it takes you. It's just, it. I mean, really, is amazing. Like they had to match the audio because the drone makes too much noise, so the audio's on it is all faked, uh, but it doesn't feel that way. No. Like the whole thing was really well done. I saw at some point, like early on, it had seven million views just on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's at now, but if you haven't seen it, um, I would assume it's now on
4: seven point like, oh, six million views, Luke.
0: Where where is it at? On, on Twitter, Twitter 7.6 7. Yeah, I'm sure it's on their uh YouTube page and all those different places because uh really it's pretty awesome um okay the rest of the podcast we're gonna start doing our grades right our report cards
4: people are from- excited about this
0: yeah and I saw Jack asking hey are you guys gonna mention the Ricketts letter do you want to mention the Ricketts letter because it's really just it's more vanilla ice cream right it's it's just like hey it's not good enough we're gonna try to win like I don't know what he's gonna say that's gonna surprise you. Is there anything in there that you wanna say before we do the report cards?
4: Um, not really. Uh he just highlighted, you know, like the second half, of the season. And then he's you know, he said the classic, you know, we got resources and like basically balls and jets court. Like it basically was everything that you would expect him to say. Right. I, I just wanna say again though, like don't overread it. Don't take every word to heart because like we said it yesterday, like it's there, it's, it's playing a game of poker, man. Like I'm, I, I, I honestly don't want them to tell the entire world that, Hey, we're going to spend millions and millions of dollars. That's only going to hike the price up for a lot of, a lot of guys that people think they might be interested anyway, I think. Yeah. So like,
0: uh, Well, I saw the Ryan's article about what Jed said, you know, we were talking about, I said, I said, it's vanilla, like, forget it. Um, but there, there was stuff to dissect out of it. And Ryan, that's unlocked, right? Yes, you it is. Have, to have a subscription just for that article.
3: No, unlocked over at allchgo.com. The takeaways from uh, Jed's end of season presser is on there. Um, yeah, no, that's unlocked. So even if you don't, for, if for some reason you're still not subscribed to CHGO, like sure. you could, you could go and read that one for free. And then you know, there's always a link to if you like it. There's yep. a link to. to- to decide so your
0: free shirt you still get yeah, a free shirt sure. go ahead and do it I, uh, I, Ryan I, wear them. I heard a rumor that ricketts at one point did have a shout out to michael colada in the letter but he decided to take it out too much negativity he said mm. too much negativity <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways check out ryan's article uh all uh we decided to start with one position player and one pitcher right and we decided we'll break down the position players by offense, defense, and then an overall grade we gave them Because we didn't want it to just be like, did the guy hit well? Did he play well in the field? You know, we want Andrelton Simmons to have a fair shake in this when we get there.
4: Andrelton <laughs> Simmons. <laughs> and, We're really going to break down every single player that was on this roster. Right? We, should be, we should break down Ildemar Vargas, too. we got time.
0: We've got time. Uh, and
3: 64.
0: So we're going to start with the guy in the team that probably had the best season overall. Does everybody agree with that? Nico Horner yeah. had the best season for a Cubs player this year.
4: Absolutely. I don't think yeah. there's anyone better from first game of the year to the very end of the year. He was far and away the best player on the Cubs this year. Um, definitely a position player. It's hard to like compare a position player
3: and a pitcher, but I you know think there's I mean? one or two that have an argument to have been the best player, but I think Nico is the one yeah. that kind of broke out the most. Well, yeah. Agree, for he, sure. he, he, yeah, definitely had the best season in terms of like kind of where he came in or expectations coming in kind of thing. I would say.
0: Yeah. And that's the tricky part. Like having to factor in these. Yeah. I'm trying to be as fair as I can in the grades. Right. Like, and I, I know you guys are too, but like, again, like you said, Nico, the expectation was lower. He, he, he went above that expectation. How do you compare that to a guy like Wilson Contreras and should we be factoring it? I personally kind of graded mine, I think tough because I'm going to grade guys compared to the rest of baseball. Right. So I don't want to just compare them to like, Hey, this guy had a good season for him. How did he have a season compared to equal players from the the, the same position For the Cardinals, the same position for the Brewers, the same position for the Yankees, the same position. So
4: I did the I the way I did it, I did it the same way. So you did it that way too. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same wave wavelength. And I'm glad that we're a little
3: different. Yeah. Based off what I've seen. I might have done mine a little different, but
0: well, that's our but that's all right. I mean, I just want to explain it before we we get people all angry about what the grades are. I see Michael Collada says Nico a B, half a B plus. And I think I saw Shane saying B plus plus. Is that right? For Nico? I thought I saw that earlier. B plus yeah. plus. Yeah. Okay. Uh who wants to go first? Ryan, do you want to go first with your grades? Yeah, for let's Nico?
3: Do let's do it. So Ooh. with with Nico, I gave him an uh yeah, B plus on offense. I mean, he didn't like he he did not show that he's like a top tier hitter in this league or anything like that. But I mean, he hit what 15 home runs or 10 home runs. What was it? 10 home runs. Yeah. Ten and home runs. We hoping, well, someone else at 15, but the, hit the under, we were yeah. one away. Yeah. The right? under hit 10 home runs. I mean, the one Oh six WRC plus you want that higher. And I think, um, you know, a little bit lower slug, uh, that, that didn't help a ton, but I mean, he hit two eighty one. um, OPS is in the seven hundreds and, and his, contact rate strikeout rate, all that is stuff's like top of the league kind of stuff and so if you're comparing it to the rest of the league like no nico's not going to hit you a, a ton of home runs if he can get you 15 to 20 like in seasons moving forward like that's very very good but yeah. i don't think you expect it um but if you're comparing it to the rest of the league like that's nico proving that he's a guy that fits in at the top of the order Man, i think nico could be a leadoff hitter like he has enough pop but he puts the ball in play. I mean, he doesn't whiff a lot. He doesn't uh, uh, swing and miss a lot. Like it's all, he, he's a very good contact hitter. And he, as much as like power sort of dominates the game these days, like you need a guy like that. And I think Nico kind of proved that he's one of the better guys at doing that in the league. So I, th- I think at the the the, sl- the lower slug and obviously the WRC plus, the numbers, I it knocked him down for me into the B plus range. Um, but I think he kind of proved that he's like, He's not like a, a an eight an eight or nine guy in the lineup. Like he needs to be near the top for when the Cubs are ready to win. Um, and then as far as the defense, I, again, I did it differently. Actually, maybe not because I, I gave him an A plus. I don't think either of you two did. But he had like I think he was uh, second in the National League in defensive runs saved. He had eleven. Uh, Miguel Rojas had fifteen. But that's like he's number the fourth most defensive runs saved in the majors. Uh, and what really did it for me, and why I gave him an A plus, is be, like we said a few minutes ago, which is like the expectations for Nico. You didn't know what you were gonna get. He hadn't proven that he was a long term solution at shortstop mm-hmm. in any season. Not even just because he couldn't stay healthy, but you just didn't know. But he put in the work in the offseason. season. He you know he got stronger. He got that arm stronger, um, and he showed that all year. He you know he his range is probably better than anyone expected. I mean he was making Jeter esque plays out there in the hole and to to do that compared to what the you know the questions around him at shortstop coming into the season I just think he way exceeded everyone's expectations of of now as much as everyone thought the Cubs should have should it go get one of the shortstops and that be your shortstop and Nico move over to second I don't think that's like changed much I think from last offseason to this offseason like it's still kind of like that's what they should do but now it's not like you're you're completely comfortable with Nico as your shortstop next year if that doesn't happen if for whatever reason they get outbid by an, for any of those top 4 shortstops like having Nico Horner as your shortstop next year is like that's not a death sentence that's not that's not a worst case scenario by any means like he proved he could be a a very good shortstop at this level would he be like a perennial gold lover at second base probably but i i, I don't think you're it's not a bad thing to go into next season with Nico as your shortstop.
0: No, I think those are fair. I think those are really fair grades. In fact, it's made me rethink <laughs> mine. Although my graphic is in already, I'm rethinking now. I'm now you've got me second guessing by a plus Luke or a is, minus. Luke a
4: is treating of grades. grades like who you got.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I should have consulted the other professors before. <laughs> the other club professors. So I should you should have, have, have consulted
4: a consult- uh, Brendan Miller.
0: Well, he Brendan we don't need Brendan's grade on Nico Horner. It's A plus, A plus, and A plus plus.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We know exactly what that report card looks like.
4: Um do I can go next because yeah, I mine's pretty have, similar bro? to Ryan. How is
0: yours compared to Ryan's?
4: Um so offense I went B plus, uh and defense I went A and overall I went A, which Ryan, you said overall was an A as well. Yeah, I gave yeah. it an A overall. So I guess um, the reason I went B plus on the offense is kind of similar to the reasons that Ryan said, Um, but also I went B plus there because I, for the the reasons that Ryan said that needs it, it it, it, he would get an A if it was a little bit higher. I'm also okay with the fact that his numbers were at where it's at because Nico should like we saw during the Golden Era the Cubs having nothing but power hitters in their lineup wasn't always best thing so i like i like his offensive game i think there's i put b plus because i think it can be better next year i think what he hit 10 this year i think he could be a 15 homer guy you know remember never forget back in like may and june where i said this guy has tim anderson like qualities as a hitter and uh steven our producer looked at me like i was a moron and then a bunch of people yelled at me in the chat and (laughs) what happened Nico Horner was the best shortstop in Chicago this year, and it's not even really like a question. And you know what? Uh, Tim Anderson was the starting shortstop for the American League this year. So, I mean, I'm just saying, that's a big reason why he's getting an A overall for me because he outperformed the starting shortstop for the American League. uh, That's on the other side of town. That's not me saying that Tim Anderson isn't good or anything. He's great. He's a great baseball player. But Nico Horner had a better year than him this year, and the numbers speak for themselves. Again, the d- defense, Ryan already said it. Um, I think that that's his best quality for sure, and especially with the shift going away. If you compare another athletic uh, guy up the middle with him, you ha- will have an elite defense up the middle. And again, with the shift going away, that will be very, very key for this team moving forward. So um, I-, I think Nico will be the only guy I give an A to on this roster. Uh, but to me, I think he's more than deserving of it. Um, a lot of people coming into the season thought that this guy was a second baseman only. No one even wanted to give him the chance to play shortstop. And not only did he excel at it, he excelled at it at an elite level, especially defensively. Now, offensively, again, it can be better. But I'm also okay with the fact that he had a 106 WRC plus
3: and is just a really good contact hitter. Well, it's like you wanted again, you want it to be higher. Because if, if he's gonna be like a, a a guy you count on you count on in the lineup, like that sure. needs to be higher. It's a little too close to league average for a guy that you want to pencil in as your like top four or five whatever hitters. But there's room for growth, obviously, on his offense. Like he, as long as he's putting the ball in play, he gets older, he gets more in his prime. I think more pop, more pop will come, and that that'll obviously help that number. Yeah, rise.
4: I just I think that that number will rise a little bit more, I think every well, I can't say that for everyone, but I, I just think the shift going away is going to benefit so many guys next year. And for a guy like Nico, who hits the ball all over the ballpark. Anyway, I think it will even benefit him even more. So I'm not really too worried about it, but again, yeah. And the age that we're playing and the age that, of where baseball is at would love to see him get up to like 16, seven, yeah. 17 homers next again, year.
3: Like I said, if he's giving you anywhere between 15, 20 home runs a year, like that's like all you can really ask for out of a guy like that. Like yeah. for a guy that's made his kind of game on contact to also get you 15 20 homers, yeah. like you can't ask for much more.
4: And Steven, yeah. I I wasn't slandering you. I'm just I'm just saying what happened. I, I didn't just, even say Tim he Anderson was Tim Anderson. got
2: injured. That's I didn't even well say he was that. Tim Anderson.
4: I just said he was Tim Anderson like.
2: So, he had a great year. Uh, as a Sox fan, I have to admit he far exceeded my expectations and I would have given him an A this year overall.
3: There we go. All right, here's Luke. Let's see what um, Luke's got.
2: Would
0: would you trade him for for Tim Anderson straight up?
4: No, because Nico's better defensively. Oh. No, I, that was is asking, also true. I was
0: asking I was asking Stephen.
2: Oh. oh. no, I'm keeping Tim Anderson. That's not happening. I was okay, just curious. <laughs> okay, still, sure. there's, not a,
4: there's not a lot of difference in them, I think. I think you get a you might get a better offensive hitter out of Tim Anderson, but you definitely get a better defensive player out of Nico Horner. So,
2: you know, yeah. these things are I mean, both true. I'll give you yeah. that.
0: I don't that. think uh I don't think it'd be like a huge win for either team, but I think it's no. it's interesting. Um uh, David Snyder says uh Nico, A, to me he is an untouchable player, all star, possibly Hall of Famer injury bug was right. a temporary thing. So I mean, love all, this energy.
3: I, I love this energy. Hall folks. of Famer may be going a little far. I do yeah, I do David remember
0: watching Brendan's podcast <laughs> <Yeah. H-O. laughs>
3: I, I do remember around the all-star game like there was definitely talk of like was Nico Horner a snub like at, at mm, for right. an all-star and there's like a, the fact that he put himself kind of in that discussion kind of is a testament to what he did this year
4: yeah now again like going back to what I said about him and Tim Anderson like I think you really could like next year if he if he puts up another another season like this uh next year then yeah I think you can really start talking about him maybe being better than him, just if you're seeing consecutive seasons of it. Um, but again, Nico has had one really good year. Tim Anderson has put together a solid career since he's came up to the big leagues. That's just me being fair. So don't say I'm just a biased
0: fan of this show. All right, let's let's look at my report card and as we do, I see Kalata has given Tom Ricketts an F+. Plus, so that is positive. He didn't go straight He went F. He went
3: F+. He plus. Went F plus. I didn't even give him an F minus, just didn't F give him oh, an F+. Plus. Minus, <laughs> F plus. Things, things are
0: looking up for Mr. Ricketts. Uh <laughs> my report card and and I have one that I would change but we'll go with this anyway. Overall offense, I went B because like you guys, I want to see I want to see 15 to 20 home runs. And I think that's coming next year um, for where he was a year ago to where he is now unbelievable progress. And like Cody, I don't see myself giving anybody on the team an a, the only person I would have considered going a four would have been Nico Horner. But if I compare him to the rest of the team, well, if he's an all, if he was an all-star, which isn't necessarily his fault, or if he wins the gold glove, which we'll get to in a second, maybe these grades go up. But currently where it stands, I'll go offense B, because I would like to see more power, but I've been really impressed with you know, everything he did on the offensive side. Now, defensively, I'm going B+. plus Again, I think that goes up to an A-A. minus It probably goes to just a straight A if he wins the gold glove, because I don't think he could do much better than that. Um, I'll say B+. B, because what do we say? The metrics say right now, maybe he was the second best shortstop defensively in the national league. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So run saved. You know, the B plus there might be a little hard. Maybe that should be an A minus. That's the one I would change. Um, But when I go to my overall grade and I say B plus, it's for a couple of reasons. It's one I'm comparing him to everybody else in baseball. And if I'm comparing him to the best shortstops in baseball, I want a little more power. And I think it's coming. I didn't want everything to be perfect this season. He's young. Um, and then everybody knows the injury stuff. Like, is it his fault that an umpire runs into him? Like, no. But I wanted him to see him play more games. Now, it was better than last year. He's proven he's more durable. All of those things. I I could see myself upping the overall grade to A-. minus but I think B plus is the right grade for me. The only thing I would change is defense. I would move it to an a minus and I would, then if he gets, if he gets the gold glove, then I would say he's an a and possibly overall grade goes up. But right now I didn't feel like I wanted to give anybody on the team an a either. And I know it's not because of the record. I'm just saying, I don't know if anybody in any position was necessarily the best player in all of baseball at that position. And to me, that's an A or an A-plus. And
4: so if, if
0: we're being difficult about it, I'll say I'll stick with the B-plus. I could easily go as high as an A-minus. You and
3: Michael Kawada. Well, Michael Kawada agrees with you. He agrees yeah, with you. So You guys are shaking hands.
0: No, no, no. His, his, his belief was nobody on the team gets an A until they're above 500, which I don't agree with because if Nico Horner hit 25 home runs – and was the gold glove winner, and they still lost, you know, they still lost more games than they won, or they were 500 or whatever, I would still give him an A because that was the best. He was the best at that position. I'm comparing him to the rest of baseball, and I can't remember who said it in the chat, and something in that clicked in my head too. They said, I started dropping the grades a little bit, when I started watching them, I felt pretty good until I watched the playoff games. And then I saw what real playoff teams look like. And I realized, Oh, that's the expectation, not the expectation for what was this guy last year? What is he now? So I don't, I don't agree with Michael's thing that a a team under 500 can't have an a player. It can like Mike Trout is an a player,
4: but I just think that, the defensive side of his game this year was so good that he was deserving of an A, because no one thought he could do it. You, at short you went A
0: minus? You went A minus?
4: I went A-minus. I went A. I just went a straight went A on A-minus. it. I mean, I didn't think about the plus and the minus to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I can go. I can
0: go, I can go A minus. Like I said, if he wins the Gold Glove, I'm happy with. Um, i for yeah. sure would go to an A minus. But right now, I would say he's at like what? He's he should be running. in the running.
4: He should at least be a finalist for the gold glove this year. He's like, he's, if he's I was given a percentage,
0: I'd say 86, 87%. That's that's a B B plus or 88.
3: He's 88%. That's the B plus. Okay. That's fair. That's think, fair.
4: There's not much like difference 90, between a B plus and an a-. I, agree. I think mine's
0: yeah. like
3: 93, like right on the low end of A, but it's still technically an A. Yeah. Right.
0: And And for a guy that really didn't get very many A's, it's got to be tough to get an A. You know, I want to make it a little tougher. For everybody. Don't, be, don't be disappointed in a C. It means you're average. That's good.
1: A uh, hey,
4: C's got degrees. That's what okay. I told myself at, e, at Eastern Illinois.
0: <laughs> that's right. Every Sometimes time I went you to the ball. have yeah. average people in the class, too.
4: Uh, that's why I'm doing this instead of doing, like, math and stuff.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's why you're Cody Delmetrics, but you're not an engineer.
4: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Chicago,
0: you've already had the best coverage for your favorite teams. Now get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the fan cave in your basement. North side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports, merchandise, and collectibles, Foco. If you're looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered. Hoodies, that will fight that Lake Michigan breeze. It's starting to get cool out there. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for ten percent off your order. And now this one's a product that we've teamed up with, and Cody is big on this because he's seen it in person. Shy Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider in Chicagoland and Illinois since two thousand and seven. They have a signature box style that can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed on the back, LED lights that light up the hole in the exterior, handles for easier carrying, And, and also handcrafted scorekeepers, veteran owned and operated. They ship everywhere. They also offer you local pickups if you want, specializing in corporate designs for your next meeting or social event, weddings, gifts, all occasions, especially tailgates. Or backyard barbecues. Did you have one in Champagne when you went to the Illini game? I I know they made us some pretty cool CHGO ones that we have <laughs> in studio. But th- did you have one at the Illini game?
4: Uh, at the tailgate, I was at. There were yeah. my friend. He had he had a he had a, a bag set or But corn not, set.
0: not corn. Not the Shy Town.
4: It was not through shytown. Town. I told so him hard. all about it though. It I told so him all then. about it. Told me you should get a nice yeah. Illini themed uh, set. And they would have the best tailgate at Illini games uh, the rest of the fall.
0: You know what somebody should do? They should get Lovey's face and make the hole his mouth. So you're like throwing the bags <laughs> <to> like Lovey's <laughs> mouth. And you get like The beard, the big gray beard is at the bottom of the board. That's what yeah. I would do if I was. Well, there.
4: a lot of people are, are scarred from the Lovey Smith era. So I, I don't think anyone will do that.
0: <laughs> hey, he's back in the NFL. Uh you guys ready to get back to um report cards? Justin Steele?
3: Let's do it. So hmm.
0: the report cards for the pitchers, we decided we we're trying to figure out how you, you can't go offense, defense. DH now. So we went results like record, strikeouts, hmm. uh innings, you know, whip, all of those things, right? And then we went stuff and adjustments. What does the what does the eye test tell you? Is this guy is it Wesneski? Does it look sick? Uh, and and did he make the adjustments when the league made the adjustments? Has he added a pitch? Has he uh, improved himself throughout the season? So and then and then overall grade. Let's go in the same order. Ryan, you take um, Justin Steele, who I think uh, would be another guy that might get pretty high grades, possibly even close to A. So I'm curious yeah. what you guys gave him.
3: All right. So yeah. So I just B pluses all around the board. Um, he had a good year. He had a really good year. Um, you know, first full season as a starter. Um, and really he was kind of that rock in the rotation the entire year. And so obviously the, the, the low back stuff that pretty much ended his season. Um, but up until then, I mean, you look at what he does, I mean, he's a lefty, so he always has going to have like natural low cut cut action on stuff just, just from that angle. But I mean, you look on, on, on baseball. Savon his like stat cast percentile rankings, like average exit velocity, 80th percentile, hard hit percentage, 82nd percentile barrel barrel rate, 95th percentile. I mean, this guy wasn't giving up hard contact like at all, all year. And with a good defense behind him, I know we, we had a lot of, you know, errors and, and just poor defensive play early in the season. Um, it, it, he, with a good defense behind him, like that, that's gonna help him out so much. As far as like he get he gets the ball on the ground all the time. Like I think over fifty percent of the time, or almost sixty percent, something like that. I wrote it down somewhere, but like the, the he was getting ground balls. So like with a good defense, that's gonna shore up a lot of things. And you know, I did the the kind of search for it because he only ended up with four wins. He was four and seven. He made twenty four starts. He was four and seven. Um, I think he had a 3.18 ERA. He was the only pitcher in baseball all year to make 24 starts, have an ERA under 3.50 and only win four games. Like we know starting pitching wins don't really matter in this day and age, but like when you're the only one with numbers as good as his, as his were, that kind of tells you something like he, you want to see him take steps further, um, moving forward because he, I mean, he's 20, he's going to be 28 or he is 28 now. Somebody like he's 27, 28. 27 this year. Uh, I think so. he's going to be, so he's going to be 28 um, next July. You want to see him start taking quick steps further because, you know, obviously before he gets 30, gets to 30, you want he, but I think he has really good potential to be, you know, that two or three guy in this rotation uh, for a few years when this team is good. Um, but yeah, I, so I gave him B pluses all around. I mean, just as far as stuff, um, you know, he's got good pitches. Um, they all, Generally work again. Just considering the fact that he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. Um, I mean, the four seamer, it he threw that at the most pitch this year. It did end up with a three thirteen, uh, you know, batting average against. But expected batting average against was two seventy six. So a little bit of bad luck there, um, as far as you know, other opponents putting the ball in play against that. The slider was by far his number two used pitch. That had a, a 0.136 batting average. Um, so, I mean, he, he has good, good top two pitches. He throws five, not, you know, not as much. And I think that's still something that, you know, him and how and, and Daniel Moskis are going to be tinkering with as far as really mixing, you know, bringing more pitches into the mix more often. Um, yeah. So as far as the stuff goes, B plus, you want to see, you want to see that numbers be a little better, but they were good for this season for him, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he made adjustments. I remember early in the season, he was kind of struggling to get through five innings, um, for the most part. And then by the end of the season, I, he was, it felt like he was going to give you you, you know, he took the ball and you could count on six, seven innings every time he went out there. I mean, that's as far as adjustments go, like that's, he, he became a guy that you can count on to cover innings later in the season. He still had a couple games that, you know, a little shorter, um, got, you know, gave up a few more runs or something like that. But I mean, he was kind of, he was kind of giving you quality start after quality start there for a little while. Um, and you know, that's, you want, again, I gave him a B plus in that sense, just because you want to see that over the full season, not half the lockout and and the ninety you know, the 99 day lockouts short spring that didn't help him at all, at least in the first half. But, um, now that he's got the full off season, uh, he, he was telling me he feels good. Um, He's going to spend the off season. He wants to kind of, he, he put on weight last off season to, and he thinks that kind of helped him get through most of the grind of the season. He plans on kind of keeping that on, adding more core stability, all these different things just to help his body get through the the full season. Um, So if he could do that, he's got the full offseason, regular spring training. So if he can bring what he kind of did in that second half, like July, August into next year and do that the whole year, I think, I mean, I think you're looking at a, a very good foundational piece for this team. Moving forward.
4: Uh, Unrelated. Naked guy is on the balcony, but he's not naked. Um, Yep. Got a hoodie on. Too cold. He's wearing a hoodie. Hoodie guy. Um, So what was your overall for Steel again? B plus. B plus. Okay. Mine's not different, but it is different. Uh, So I guess it is different. Uh, I'm going results B because he did struggle to start the year. Um, He, you know, he really didn't get it going honestly until june beginning of june if you you look at his number you go on fan graphs and pull up the game logs and look start at june and move to the rest of the year i think that's that was that was when you started to believe that this guy could be something in this rotation april and may wasn't the greatest months for him but again he was coming into a year where the cubs just kind of threw him into the fire to see what he could do i you know there were some starts he had at the end of 2021 that i you know thought that there was some potential there. And again, it just wasn't off to a great start. So, um, you know, I'd probably give his results a higher grade if he had just done it all season. (laughs) But um, you know, we talked about how the beginning of the the starting rotation just wasn't giving you quality innings, wasn't going deep in the games. And he was one of those guys. Um, I'm glad that he figured it out. And I think the, the, the conversation with John Lester and, you know, with the, just the how the Cubs pitching pitching coach uh, Hattavy and, and Moscos are have, are able to take guys who may not be highlighted as someone who's going to be able to take your be the top of your rotation, but get the best out of them with the talent that they are. Um, did I think at the end of this year that Justin Steele was going to be? In the middle of the rotation, the Cubs rotation in 2023, like, did I, did I have a high belief that he could be that guy? No. Uh, He changed my mind though. And and when I say that doesn't mean that I didn't think he could be on the team. I thought maybe he would go back to the bullpen. Um, But he pitched well enough to give me confidence in him being in uh, the rotation next year. And that's kind of why I have an A for him on stuff slash adjustments. Like I said, he got better as the year went along. He was, like Ryan said, was going six, seven innings. Um, there were starts where he looked like unhittable. He looked like an he there were starts out that he looked like a number one starter out there. Um, he was very fun to watch. And then on top of not not on top of just the performance, you had the you you had the bull bulldog mentality from him, uh, it felt like sometimes when he was out there. Uh and I love the energy. Never forget the gif. After uh, I think there was an out, like a a relay throw home, uh, and he's behind home plate, and they get the out, and he's just pumped up and like I love that energy uh, from your starting pitcher whenever the defense picks picks him up and stuff, even in times where he's maybe not doing the best. But I think you had a lot of John Lester type vibes from him this year. Do I think he's gonna be have a John Lester like career? No, because John Lester is a borderline Hall of Famer, but he he definitely gives off the vibe of you can put me in a game and go out there and give you quality innings and give my and give my team a chance to win. And you, when you look at the rest of the pitchers in, around the league, like I think you can put him up there with someone who you can believe in. Again, he's, there's no doubt he's going to be in the rotation next year. So as far as stuff and adjusting, uh, I, I put that a, at an A. And then overall, I'm just going with a B because we just didn't get a full year of it, right? It was from June until we got hurt. And you got hurt at what, the end of August? Um yeah, so we
3: missed all September.
4: Right. So like what I need is a full year of it. I need a full year and he got he gave us 24 starts. That's solid. We need 30. I need 30 starts. I need 30 starts from Justin Steele next year and he will earn an A from me. If he gives me 30 starts in numbers like this next year, he will undoubtedly be just a great representation of how this pitching infrastructure has completely changed for the Cubs since the Golden Era ended, honestly. So um, I think a B is a fair grade for someone like him. Could have been higher again if he was more consistent and better in, in April and May for me.
3: I think uh, those
0: are both really fair grades for him.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I was just like just just rankings as far as like so. This is kind of in a group of starters with at least 100 innings pitched. This is all per fan graphs. Um, You know, Justin Steele had two point or was worth 2.6 F WAR. You know, fangrass wins wins above replacement. Um, which was 51st across the big leagues among starters with 100 innings pitched, and that's including him missing an entire month. So, like that, you know, that's if you're just kind of saying everyone, you know, everyone has a one, two, and they just kind of keep going down from there. That would be like that would be like a, a two, three-level starter at least, uh, which is what you want from Justin Steele. 3.9% uh, barrel rate ranked second in that group. 33.3% hard hit rate ranked 14th in that group, um, and then he had you know 51.2% ground ball rate, 12th. 8.7, fly ball per home run ratio, 28. So just again, a lot of balls getting put on the ground, even the ones in the air, not hit hard, not leaving the park. Yeah. Do dead baseballs have something to do with it? Maybe, but <laughs> but he just again a guy that has stuff that maybe plays a little bit later on in the pitch that kind of throws things off just by just by a touch, so that guys aren't getting the full barrel on the ball, and you you see it lead to to success as far as limiting just limiting big score, you know, big run plays, home runs, triples, like extra base hits, like Justin Steele, I think if, if that's one thing he can build on is the fact that he just limits hard contact among kind of the best pitchers in the league. Yeah.
4: I, I just, you know, to me, when you, you looked at the expectations for him coming into this year, I think he completely surpassed anything that we all oh, thought. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. that's, that's why, you know, I give him a B. Um
0: It's fair. This this year was all
4: about learning and exploring. Right. Mm -hmm. And we learned a lot. And uh, I think that the Cubs have a very solid middle of the rotation guy going in next year.
0: All right. Let's do mine real quick, because mine's pretty much on the same path as yours. Again, like going into it, I didn't know what to expect. He was a four or five early in the season when he was struggling. I was ready to send him back to the bullpen. And then John Lester got a hold of him and said, "Pound your fastball, kid. Don't be afraid. Go after him." Right? Yeah, yeah. Corey Friedman got all sweaty and excited and was <laughs> just all about it. And so I, I went. I went pretty much the same way you guys did. I went overall B plus, but like the results are a B because again, the beginning of the season wasn't great. And if I'm comparing him to uh, the other pitchers in the league, it's not like he's in the top ten in any category in Major League Baseballs like. He's not, he's not one of the five best ERAs in baseball, but for a B at at the four or five spot in a rotation. Yeah. Yeah. He is pretty good. So I tried to average those two things and say, okay, he gets a B stuff and adjustments. That's where he gets the A He he added a pitch and he changed the way he was going about it. And he got the results. I don't, I don't care which of them was a bigger impact. He got the results and I go B plus because I don't, I don't think he was better than Nico Horner. So I don't think anybody's getting better than a B plus, but I, maybe I'm forgetting somebody in my head as we start to go through it. But I think Steele and Horner, you could, I could have argued a minus for each of them. I just think B plus seemed in my eyes uh, a little bit more fair, by the way, have you seen um, tough times for former Cubs? Like David Robertson's got a calf injury from celebrating with the Phillies um uh, Kimbrell's not on the divisional list. Chapman's not on the divisional list. Uh
4: Efrost got hurt.
0: Efrost is the oh, I feel awful did for him. Did you think but Kim- now you look at that yeah, deal and you go, Holy yeah. cow, like what? You got West Nesky and he's gonna have Tommy John. It's like yeah, it's like Hoyer coming to the Cubs, right?
4: Yeah. I you know, I said it to Ryan before we went on air, uh, when we were talking about it a little, and it's like Uh, I feel bad for the guy considering how he completely changed the type of pitcher he was to get to the major leagues, but also Jed Hoyer has fleeced the city of New York consecutive (laughs) years. Um, (laughs) You, you gotta love what we see in PCA and what we've seen from Hayden Wisniewski in the month that we saw him. There's a lot to like guys. There's a lot to like, not saying that it like it's uh, I'm not saying the Cubs have won the trade yet. I'm just saying that, it's looking good i mean if he's yeah I process to have tommy john now he's definitely going to be out all of next year so that's another year of controlling the yankees lose out also they're not going to be able to use him this playoffs i mean if Wesneski says healthy uh you know we're feeling pretty good about that one and remember at the time of the trade a lot of people freaked out including me and uh you know sometimes like Sometimes the front office sees some things more than, than what we see. And I'm not saying that they saw an injury coming to Scott Efros, but I think to be able to get a potential guy in the rotation um, for a reliever where you're already developing a lot of relievers yourself, it's kind of – you look at it and you're like, wow, that's that's a great trade. For Honestly, at the time of it, yeah. you once you think about it later, you're like, well, that's a great trade for both teams because the Yankees needed bullpen help and the Cubs needed
3: a, a, another – a starter you know what i mean yeah i mean i think it kind of worked in the way i know jed kind of said it was just like a good old-fashioned baseball trade like it was just wasn't like future versus now that kind of stuff it was like the cubs got a guy the cubs got a guy and the yankees got a guy like that, that they both really wanted and yeah, that's what jed said on monday so it, it kind of was like i mean if f this this, this makes it like a, a the cubs won the trade as far as like this season goes but like if, if f ross Obviously, doesn't need Tommy John. pitches well for the Yankees. Is like both sides feel great about that trade. I think the Cubs feel comfortable knowing that they're that they have a good infrastructure to bring up good relievers through their system. And I think the Yankees have uh, have a good feeling about what their in- pitching infrastructure could do for starting pitchers. So it's like if Efrost again doesn't get hurt and pitches well for the Yankees, they have control uh, over him for a few more years. Like. I think they both feel good about how they how the, the the trade went for both sides because they can kind of replace what they lost in that trade. I think both teams see that, and I guess you kind of see what Efros does for the next few years now. I mean, not next year. I, I think it's pretty clear he's gonna miss all next year now. Yeah. um, but the years after that, like see what he can do in a Yankee uniform and then you kind of see then you can kind of look back and see, you know, did both honestly, both sides may may have won this trade. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, but right now it it looks really good for the Cubs. Yeah,
4: so it savor does. the flavor.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, real quick before we go, we got a message I believe uh, on Twitter or sent to the CHGO. It oh, was yeah. uh, Josh, a From Cubs Milwaukee. fan in Milwaukee, and he he's wanted us to address the fact that Vegas going into the season set the over under for Cubs wins at seventy five. Right, it ends up being seventy four, and he's like. How did they get so close? Cody, I'll let you handle this because really this is why Vegas is unbelievable.
4: Uh, Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I'll say this, like, I know that everyone will laugh at me when I say that Wade Miley and Albert Alzaleigh, like not being a part of the first half isn't the reason or isn't the reason that the Cubs lost so many games. But when you talk about how the starting rotation was not good at all, You know, we talked about how Wade Miley was a quality arm or has a history of being a quality arm. Who knows? Maybe the Cubs get a few more wins in the first half um, if he's healthy. And Albert we just saw in September how good he can be out of the bullpen. And, I mean, we were – I didn't know how they were going to use him. I assumed he was going to be in the rotation going into this year before they even got hurt. I just think that Vegas thought or thinks that – I guess thought that there the Cubs would be in a lot of close games and the Cubs were in a lot of close yeah. games this year and they would have hit that over if that first half went a little bit better. I don't think that yeah, they yeah. thought that, oh, the schedule's easy in the second half. They're going to get to 74 or five wins or whatever. No. I think that they genuinely thought the Cubs would be a mediocre team like we all, like all season, yeah, like Instead all season, 25 games, right? But yeah, Contreras- no, I don't think Do anyone think thought that players- they were going to lose like 60 games, oh. like as far as like the Vegas
0: people. What'd you say, Luke? Yeah, I said they didn't trade their two big position players, you got to factor yeah, that into. I think wrong. most people thought Contreras and Hap were gone. So, yeah, how many I mean. wins did those guys help them get in the second half of the season? I don't, it's unbelievable that they're that close. You just watch well, the football games and you're like. How do, how do they come up mm-hmm. with an over-under for points and it's coming down to some guy taking a safety at the end of the game, screwing mm-hmm. over, you know, well, millions of
4: people on a the point The point about half and Contreras, I mean, a large majority of everyone thought they were going to be gone. Again, they set yeah. that line before the year, right? Yeah. So they're thinking with that possibly being a thing as well is even more kind of like a, like, wow. Because especially after that first half, and if they did trade those guys, then yeah, I think we'd be talking about a hundred lost team here. Um, but you know,
3: I don't know. It's uh, I can't explain Vegas. They just they yeah. ju- they just know something. Yeah, but, I just, I've always been of the of, like I don't know how Vegas runs. I don't want to know how Vegas runs. They may <laughs> have or may have not done a deal with the devil just to hmm. just hey, just feed me some of these odds here now. Like just help, help Sometimes, us control this thing. I, so, I don't know. I, it's it's a mystery to me. I, I'll never figure it out, and I'm just gonna keep gambling and and barely losing over-unders because because i can't i can't there's no way to there's no way to figure it out vegas is king
4: oh. yeah uh sometimes you can get you can catch them wrong though like that line last night for raiders and
0: chiefs that took the raiders and that was never a doubt literally never a doubt. a that's that's why cody's in on this stuff because he always <laughs> thinks he's got a little more on it than vegas he always thinks yeah. he's a head of the game and that's why 15 bets a night go down. Like this that's, that's yeah. how his weekend gets flooded with like 75 bets.
3: And the house the always wins, man. He's got it over Vegas.
4: I finished even this week, the right? House so always
3: wins. No matter what you finished do. The house even. It wins.
4: Could have been worse. I've already placed bets for this coming weekend. I can't wait to sweat them
0: all. Of course you have. Uh <laughs> all right. We're gonna continue our report cards tomorrow at 120, Wednesday, 120. Corey Friedman's also gonna join us in studio, break down a couple more Cubs players, talk about the Games that are going on right now. Philly's pouring on big against the Braves. And uh, we want to thank Adam Sobel and Mike Welsh, Cubs Productions and Sky Candy Studios, our guests today. We appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody in the chat that jumped on. Another good chat for middle of the day, 120. Uh, so we will see you at that time on Wednesday as well. Thanks again for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Take care. Fly the W. We'll see you on Wednesday.